You're listening to the Lima Baptist Temple Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. Today we're doing our conversations with Ben and Michael, and I have with me Ben Anderson, I'm associate pastor here, and I'm looking forward to this conversation today. I think it's going to be really, really good. And the past couple of weeks we've been talking about families, and Yep, it's just going to be really good. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, with that, you know, we always like to open up, kind of look, taking a look back or recap on Sunday and what we, uh, what Pastor Al spoke about on Sunday yep. and then kind of what stood out to us, what we feel like we could really just kind of put handles on, make really practical um, for you guys listening and watching. And uh, I'll let Ben share his and then I'll share mine. Yeah. So just to remind everybody, Pastor Al's been talking about one of the, I don't know, one of my favorite, you know, parables. And stories of the prodigal son, you know, coming home to his father. And there's a lot we could learn. But this past week, Pastor Al reminded us that as sons and as daughters of the king, that we have this authority right. uh, that comes with it. Yeah. And for me, I just, I always need to be reminded of that. I know Satan, our adversary, with me in my personal life, he always tells me, you know, I just fall into these traps of different lies, right? Mm. Whether I'm not good enough or I can't do that. Um, even I think, especially in ministry, just understanding that our fight is not against flesh and blood, or you and yeah, I, yeah. but it's all a spiritual battle. The things unseen. Yeah, and Satan sure. wants us to not remember that and not believe that. So just that whole message was just really powerful and practical for me to just remember like, hey, I need to claim that authority that we have because I am a son of God, our father and king. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was, it was a great message. I'm looking forward. The last one is this uh, next Sunday, which will be, we'll have that up on the podcast and it's been a great few weeks on the prodigal son. Yeah. For me, Sunday, you know, it was just, we're given this authority, right? Like we, we comprehend, like once we get saved, you know, we are a, a daughter and a son of the king, right? That's, that's yep. we have a new title. We've been adopted into God's family. Um, but I think a lot of times, you know, Pastor Al said that the quickest way to lose your authority is to walk in pride. Wow. And I think yep. a lot of times as Christians, some of us, you know, we, we walk around with our nose up just a little bit, you know, at everybody else. Like if you're not a Christian or if you don't believe the way that mm. I believe— you know, we walk around with that mentality of, you know, I'm a little bit better than you. And, you know, I've, I've been convicted to do that to my own extended family. You know, I've got a lot of extended family that aren't in church or aren't in, you know, any type of ministry setting or, or not in a relationship with Jesus. And it's it's hard for me to remember that they're different and I have to be humble in order to approach them. Yeah. It's really easy to be the person that always can be right, always be the person that is telling them, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that, and you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that, and yeah. and you know, kind of act a little high and mighty. It's really easy to do that. And so I think, you know, Pastor Al reminded us, and we have to remind ourselves, is we got to stay humble. 
And yep. we, we got to remember that that pride cometh before the fall. And, you know, humility wow. is such a big aspect of what it means to really be a Christian. And it's a daily thing because pride rears its ugly head so quickly and so easily um, that you have to continually remind yourself to stay humble. Yeah. I think just kind of tagging off of that, one of the things I, you know, remind myself of, whether it's kind of a pride issue and a relationship I'm dealing with, I have to remind myself, I would rather have a right relationship with somebody rather than necessarily being right in that circumstance. Mm. So I may, I may be right. And many times I like to think I am right. (laughs) (laughs) That's pride. That's not good. Um, but I would rather approach that relationship and have that relationship be good. And if that relationship is good, there will be an opportunity at some point That's good. Yeah. to point them back to, you know, the right topic or yeah, right yeah. thing, whatever that yep. is. But yeah, that's awesome. So one of the things that we're continuing to talk about, and it kind of goes along with the prodigal son, is just families and what does a healthy family look like? Uh, for those that have been listening, probably since day one of this podcast, you know, Michael and I are just Which kind of been, been like four weeks. Yeah, but. I like to make it seem like <laughs> it's been forever. But we've been just wrestling with what does it mean, you know, to be a biblical dad? What does it mean to have a healthy family? How can we lead our families? And that's been kind of uh, one of our goals that we're focusing on this year. Uh, kind of looks yep. different for each of us. Um, but we see in the story of the prodigal son how the father welcomes home his son, right? After he's left and did all these things. And there's so much that we can learn from that. But last week we talked about just how many families, us included, we just fall victim to the American culture of busyness, of distractions and and, and just the craziness of life. And then we talked a bit, little bit about how we deal with that. But today we really want to spend time on just listing you know, several things like what does it really, really look like to be a healthy family? Because yeah. that, you know, a family is, you know, talked about all throughout scripture and God designed the family to be a great tool to witness to those around us. Yep. And Michael, you probably agree, but when you see a family that's really focused on God and that is healthy, yeah, according to scripture, like you notice that you can see that you're like, well, not only do you notice it, but it inspires you. Right. And so if you have a lot of families around each other that are all trying to achieve the same thing, you know, that's a movement. And that's, that's pretty much how, I mean, if you look back in the, in the book of acts, we see a lot of churches Mm -hmm. started in people's houses with their family. You know what I mean? Like you see that model. That's, that was what took off, you know, so much of the church and, you know, it's, it's, it's so God created that family model to be healthy. And, it, yeah. and it's it, especially as dads and as men, you know, we should spearhead what our, yeah. a healthy family looks yeah. like. We need to lead the charge. Absolutely. I just this is a little bit of a side note, not too much of a rabbit trail. But one of the best compliments that Sarah and I have ever received, you know, was about our family. We had a friend that was staying over um, that Sarah went to college with. She said, Ben and Sarah, she's like, one of the reasons I love your house is that it just exudes peace, you mm. know, when I come. Now, I think it was mostly she came at the right time because <laughs> if she came most days, peace is, probably isn't the word I would use to describe. <laughs> A little bit more like chaos. <laughs> chaotic, chaos, craziness, <laughs> all that. But when it comes to healthy families, you know, we need to make sure, you know, we're striving for that so we can be a great witness. 
But what does a healthy family look like? And Michael, I have a couple of statements that I just want to kind of reflect on. We can talk yeah. about them. Uh, this first one is one that we've hashed out quite a bit, but a healthy family is one that spends not just quality time, but quantity. Mm. Um, and I know that's one of the things that I shared on our very first podcast is God's really been convicting me. I've used that as an excuse many times, like, hey, about quantity <laughs> or about quality, not quantity. And in my devotions earlier this week, I was reading that passage from Exodus uh, chapter six, where Moses is talking to the Israelites and he's saying, hey, above all else, love God, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Yeah. And then he gives instructions for families that are very practical. And it says, teach your kids these things when you wake up, when you're on a stroll yeah. in the park, when you're sitting in the house. He says, write them on your heart. Write them on your heart. Yeah when they go to bed and you cannot do that unless you have that time together. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, the whole quantity versus quality idea is great. Um, quality time is great. Quantity time is great. They're both good. Um, but for me, a lot of times, you know, I, I think about it like I'm a, I'm a grown man. I'm yep. 29 years old, almost you know, going to be 30 boy. in a year, but you know, uh, my kids are three, two, one, and they don't think the same way as me. They don't process no. information the same way as me. And it's, and so I have to remind myself that quality time for me with them may not look the same as what quality time to them looks like. Yeah. You know, sometimes for me, quality time is, hey, I just want to lay on the couch, cuddle <laughs> with my kids, watch the yep. TV, right? Because that doesn't require any effort of me, and I'm getting something out of that, right? A lot of times I'm getting, you know, the cuddles yep. or whatever, or they're feeling the affection or, you know, and, and, and but is that really quality for them? You know, yep. and, and especially at this age where they can't really communicate 100% of what yep. that looks like, I have to remember that quality for them Maybe, and this is what I'm terrible at. I am so bad at this. Is is going down to the basement and playing with their toys, Ooh. imagining things that they want to think about. Yep. You know, whether it's you know, uh, I don't know, playing with teacups and wanting a, a little yep. tea party, or whether it's playing with fake food and and acting like you're eating a sandwich. And I am so bad at this. Yep. I'm, I'm a creative person, but I'm so bad at imagining things at, like with yep. kids and interacting with them. And so I have to remind myself to find ways that is quality for them that fits what they want. Mm, One of the good. ways that I do that is they love to work on things with me. Yep. They love to be they love to see what Dada is doing. Yeah. And, and they come in and they ask questions. And, and, you know, if I'm in the middle of a pro like right now we're renovating our downstairs bathroom. And so they come in to the, to the bathroom where I'm working and, and they're like, Dada, fix the shower. Mm -hmm. Dada, fix the drywall. Dada, do this. Can I do this? Can I do that? And then the cool thing is you can tell that moment means so much to them because their conversation for the next week wow. around mom and, and at home is, is they're talking about fixing the shower. Yeah, they're talking cool. about fixing the drywall. They're taking their fake tools and going over into a corner of their, of the basement, acting like they're fixing a shower yeah. when there's really nothing there, but they're imagining it. Yeah. I don't think my kids have ever talked about me fixing anything. They're like, <laughs> Papa comes to fix things in our house. It's my father-in-law. So and I think, too, with the kids, I really think that when it comes to our kids, especially the young ones like we have, yeah. 
like quality time with them really is quantity. Mm. Like they don't, they just like the time spent with us. Yeah. They uh, just like your attention. They, they just do. like you to, to know that they're there to yep. love them and to be there for them. Yeah, that's good. So the next statement I want us to think about is, you know, a healthy family is one where each family member is committed, you know, to each other. So when we think about that, you know, how can we instill that in our kids to teach them like, hey, we're a family unit. We do things together. You know, we rise together. We fall together. Mm. We and support each other. And, yeah. you know, every once in a while with James and Theo, it'll be this kind of magical moment, right? Where like <laughs> they're doing things together. They're supporting each other or Theo falls and James will pick them up. But yeah. most of the time it's just like, that's mine. Don't play. You know, it's just this. <laughs> chaos the animosity the, the animosity the, the, you know the stinginess yeah the pride the this belongs to you that belongs to me yeah but i do think you know even before they're believers they have this innate thing like hey they want to at least some level protect you know their younger sibling help them out yeah. for the most part but. yeah I, I mean i see that in my kids too you know wesley helping out cody ray or or waylon giving cody ray uh a uh, compliment or Wesley giving Waylon a compliment and you see that general love they have for each other um, and being committed to each other. And yeah, I mean, you definitely see that initial yeah. just it's there, but how do you flesh that out more? Yeah. You know, that's kind of the question that we're asking is how do we, how do we flesh that out more? How do we foster that growth? Yeah. I think a lot of it just has to do with like how Sarah and I interact with each other. You know, if Sarah's struggling with something, do they see a dad that's just like, well, I'll let Sarah figure that out on her own? Or do they see me coming alongside of her, listening really well, you know, kind of getting into the nitty gritty with her? And I think mm. we have a great opportunity just to show that, hey, we all are committed together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the third statement is, you know, a healthy family is one where both the mom and the dad are involved together. Mom and dad. Yeah. Not just dad, not, not just, just mom. mom. Yep. And there Team. may be some cases like a single parent. Yeah. You can't, help you don't have, you, yeah. you can't do nothing about that. I mean, yeah. but in general, you know, healthy family is one where they're both sharing that responsibility of raising the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't have that growing up, yeah. growing up, you know, my, my real dad, left me when I was like two or three. My stepdad came into the picture as my mom's boyfriend for like forever. And then they yeah. finally got married. But the father figures in my life, in my house growing up were never really there. Huh. They were there physically sometimes. And every once in a while, you know, we'd have the weekend trips where we go fishing or we go hunting or something, but the, in the weekends and week outs and day to day operations of the household, you know, dad was hardly ever there. He was working sun up to sundown. When he got home, he was ready to take a shower, eat dinner, go to yep. bed. And my mom kind of, my mom was pretty much a stay-at-home mom most of my life. Early on she wasn't and later on she wasn't. But during the primary, like elementary, junior high years yep. of my life, she was pretty much a stay-at-home mom. You know, went on all the the, the uh like school trips with us and came to all the activities yeah. and, and all that stuff. And that was, that's what was modeled for me growing up. Yeah. See, mine was complete opposite. I mean, my, my parents are great. Hopefully they're not watching this and they see me admitting this right now, but, and they, you know, they've supported us, but I, my parents were both super involved and I don't know if I would go to ask them that question, they would probably point out all these things. Right. But looking at it at a high level and my experience growing up, 
is, you know, I remember my, you know, dad doing things, my mom doing things with us. And it really was more of just like this team effort, like, hey, we got to take care of the family together. Mm. You know, there's so much that we got to do and accomplish. And, you know, I had two younger brothers and then they eventually adopted my two younger sisters. And, you know, we had a lot going on in the family. And I think with Sarah and I, like, we really do try to do that. We don't get it, you know, right all the time, but whether that's, you know, they, you know, see me cleaning up dinner and Sarah and I doing things together um, and, you know, having the conversations about tough subjects with them together. Yeah. You know, bedtime's a big one for us. Like Sarah and I both do that together with our kids. Well, we usually do that together. Yeah. Sometimes we do Part of it is but... Theo and James now sleep in the same room. So it's just, yeah. it's easier if it's two on two, right? Yeah. <laughs> one kid, one parent gets one kid, the other gets the other. And, yeah, yeah. you know, they just see us doing that uh, together. Yeah. But any other thoughts on that one? Um, I mean, it's 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 just so important that they both, mom and dad, both play a role in the upbringing of your kids. Yeah, like I I cannot stress enough to the dads listening, dads watching, like you know, it's so easy for us to check out and focus on providing, focus on you know taking care of the things. Yeah. And I'm not perfect at this. This especially from my upbringing, it's it's a struggle every yeah. day to try to remember. Hey, like engage your kids when I get home, you know, and, and take your days off when you're supposed to have days off. And, you know, I, I'm, I can get so focused on work and, or ministry and, and tasks. And I get so focused on what's in front of me, you know, and I, so I have to remember, and my wife does a great job of this too. Yep. She does a great job of just reminding me like, like, no, we can't do anything tonight because we need to spend time with family or yada, yada, yada. Um, You know, we're not going to have people over tonight or we're not going to have people over here. or We have this event going on here. You know, she kind of helps keep that, keeps me engaged. And I, I, you know, I appreciate that because she sees, she sees a weakness in me and she helps to, to bring that into, you know, alignment with, with what we want our family to look like, you know, in our last class that we, Mm. you know, the kind of what stored all this thinking was they asked us to create a mission for our family. Mm. You know, what is that, that mission for your family? What do you want your family to be about? What do you want your family to accomplish? Not as individuals, right? As a collective whole, what is your mission? And, and everything you do in your household and in your family, does it fit into that mission? Yep. Yeah. And I think that's a temptation. I mean, I think dads, you know, struggle with that a lot too, moms, but especially in ministry, like I often forget that my family is a ministry too. Like I'm called to, yeah. you know, be a husband, be a dad. And, you know, often in the back of my head, I'll be like, well, you know, tonight I really should be meeting with that couple. Or I really should be doing this. And there's a time and place for, you know, all that. But yeah. But to make sure, you know, both parents are involved and we're really serving and ministering to our family. Yeah. Uh, the next kind of statement about healthy families is uh, that each family member's significance is found in Christ or rooted in Christ. Mm. And I think kind of the idea here is, you know, many times as parents, and I know I already see this, you know, popping up in my life, it's so easy to want so much for your kids and to live kind of through your kids that mm. that can become your identity, right? And yeah. we're just kind of beginning this journey. Yeah, we're just starting it. We haven't got to where, <laughs> you know, they're awesome at sports and we're just really... Or an instrument or, yeah, or whatever, whatever yeah. Um, but just the importance of making sure they understand that the most important thing or we get our identity well, from I mean, it, exactly. It goes back to identity. That's exactly what I was thinking. Is is where we have to make sure that our kids, you know, find their identity in Jesus, in yeah. the gospel, as a son and as a daughter 
of the king, not as the quarterback of the football team hmm. or the point guard on the basketball team or the awesome saxophone player in the school <laughs> orchestra. You know, like so so many times. I don't think there's saxophones in orchestra. I don't know. Could be a band. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we get our kids get focused into yep. what they're doing and what they're and that be, and what they're doing becomes what they're about. Yeah. And, and and you know a big way we see this especially in today's culture is and especially in what's the current you know um culture and climate of what's going on in the world yep. is you know are you making church a priority? Ooh. Are you making church a priority? And not just church is a building, yep. right? Like like when we say church you think of going to church on yep. Sundays in the building. Yes, but more than that, like, you know, are your kids seeing in your life that spending time in God's word, spending time with God's people, right? Because that's what we do at church. Yep. We spend time in the word and we spend time with God's people, you know, and, and that's why the, ch- the church just fosters that. You know, that's why God established yep. the church to foster the God's people and God's word interconnected. Yeah. Well, I think right now it's so tempting too. I mean... Talk about the pandemic, which I think is what you were alluding to. Uh, But, you know, there's so much that we still do during the pandemic, whether it's going to sports games or you're out and about. And it's so tempting to use the excuse of, well, maybe I shouldn't go on Sundays, uh, you know, because of whatever. The pandemic, don't want my kids to get sick. And there is it's finding that balance. And well, I mean, here's the thing. If your kids can go to school and they can go to sports activities and they can go to whatever else is going on and they're not and you're yeah. not and they're not going to church like to me you're communicating to your kids hey church yeah. is not a priority and you know you may say okay well church is just a building but yeah but the, what the church represents yeah. God's word God's people you're 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 showing them that God's yeah. word and God's people doesn't really take priority in your life it's really about sports or it's really about you know band or it's really about dance yeah. or or whatever it is in your life that has become a priority hmm. that's good we could talk we could drive that one home for 10 minutes, but we won't. Yeah. Um, so that one was each family member significant is rooted in Christ. Um, the last statement that I want to talk about is, you know, and we hit on this a little bit last time, but time spent together as a family is centered on God's purposes, you know, what he wants us to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked a little bit about that last week, just saying, hey, you know, how do we practically in our families, you know, encourage our kids to go serve and love. Yeah. Cause that's really what Jesus has called us to. That's the great commission to seek and save the lost. I mean, we could just keep going. On say, it's on not just on. go serve love. It's evangelism. Yep. You know, we learned that in our last class and you know, the, where the kind of this stemmed out of is, is, and he goes back to that, you know, what is your family's mission statement? Yep. You know, what, what do you want to be about? You know, what, what, what are you going to spend your time together as a family being centered on? And it, it should be God's purposes. Right. Yep. And as Christians, that's what we should focus our, mission on of what we do and it's go serve love but it's also evangelism you know and it's also you know when we say go serve love it becomes a you know it becomes kind of a cliche slogan that we throw around right yeah (laughs) but what does that really look like the going going you know getting out of our comfort zone going places that we don't normally go loving people loving people that aren't always easy to love Yep. You know, serving, serving in circumstances that maybe we're not comfortable in or serving people that we may not be yep. comfortable serving, you know, or, or lowering ourselves 
you know, some of us may ha have a, a high standard of, you know, I'm a, I'm a businessman, so I'm not going to go, you know, work on someone's toilet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's taking that step and lowering yourself and humbling yourself and, and reminding yourself that just because like, just because you don't want to do it doesn't mean God isn't calling you to do it. Yeah. And I think, especially when, I mean, just think of our practical daily lives when we're hauling kids. It's like, how can we practically do things when everything seems chaotic and you're changing poopy diapers mm. and your response, your kid gets sick in the car and is just <laughs> puked, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. But I think, you know, if we take time, we simplify our lives, slow down a little bit. There's so many average daily moments that we can use to remind our kids yeah. about living out the Great Commission. Maybe that's, you know, the neighbors on the other side of the fence and you happen, your wife owns a bakery and you have cookies in the car <laughs> and you use that as an opportunity to, as you're unloading the kids from the car, you go and you talk to them and you hand them some cookies and say, hey, we appreciate you. Thanks for being a great neighbor. I, yeah. You know, I think when we get too busy, we miss those uh, little opportunities. The to, small moments. The small moments. You don't always have to wait for something grand yeah. or something that's planned by the church. Yep. You know, a lot of times it's just in those mm. daily, daily moments. Yeah, yeah I, I know a, a parent in our church who a lot of times she pays it forward in the drive-thru. Yeah. I love that. And she, um, like sh her kids are with her majority yep. of the time when she does this. And she's fostering in them a heart of generosity. Mm. She's fostering in them a heart to care for other individuals by simply going through the drive-thru and paying for somebody's food behind them or, you know, in front yeah. of them or whatever. Well, and I think, too, if we're consistent with our family and kind of those tiny, inconsequential moments that we maybe are like, well, this isn't too significant or too significant. When we have a really big opportunity that, you know, God brings our way, we're just yeah. going to respond to that better as a family. And it's going to look different at every stage of our life. You know, right now we're in the thick of just young kids. Yeah. Pretty soon we're going to graduate to teenage issues and <laughs> yeah. all that fun stuff. Yeah. But healthy families, they are so important to God's plan. And, you know, the healthy family is a great witness to those around us, to Absolutely. our family, to our neighbors. And we need to strive, you know, for some of these things so that we can be a healthy family. And uh, Pastor Michael and I, we are a work in progress. These are <laughs> things that we, we talk about almost on a daily basis um, because we're growing with our families. We're learning what it means to be a great dad. We're learning yeah. what it means to integrate being a dad and a pastor and a follower of Jesus and go serve, you know, all this stuff and what that looks like. Yeah. And if we brought our wives on here right now, they'd be <laughs> like, they still got some work to do, <laughs> but that's what we're wrestling with. And those are, you know, five things that we think are important and that we've been kind of mulling around in our heads as far as what a healthy family looks like. I'm sure there's many more, uh, but as always, we absolutely want to hear from you. So, Michael, what's the best way for people to do that? <laughs> the best way is to go to linebapsimple.org okay. and click on the central hub and fill out a form of some kind. Comment, you know, uh, there's a for several forms on there yep. that you can fill out to contact a pastor, speak with somebody. Uh, or, I mean, you can comment on this video. Yep. Like, 
the one of the easiest things because it's it's quick and easy is just comment on the video if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on the podcast, you know, jump over to our website or jump and watch this on YouTube and leave us a comment and let us know, you know, what you think and, and what you're what you would like to hear us discuss, maybe some some ideas or topics that mm-hmm. you would like to hear, you know, what is our perspective on it or how can we help flesh that out a little yeah. bit? But yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Well, guys, thanks again for joining us on our weekly podcast where we wrestle with uh, the message on Sunday as well as other topics that are relevant to you and what's going on in our life. So we could not wait to join you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you were encouraged today and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you'd like us to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org.